Bill Barnes in Jam Bam. I am in Mardi Gras. Well, I'm in New Orleans at Mardi Gras. It is actually Mardi Gras. It's Fat Tuesday, and I'm celebrating by staying inside recording a podcast with Fat, Fat Tuesday. Fans. What year, Bill? What year, Bill? Uh, it, it's timeless here in New Orleans. I believe it is 1863. Nice. The Civil it's, War is raging. It's 2015 in Seattle. It's it's February 17th. It's uh, really really sunny in Seattle. It's bizarre. It's the end of the world. Huh? Yeah. Blue skies. I can't even see a cloud. It's cold here. It was 35 degrees. It was 35 degrees in New Orleans when I woke up this morning. So. I walked outside naked a few minutes ago. Didn't even notice. It took me five minutes to notice I was naked. Yeah. <laughs> so we are on page 40 of Unshelved Volume 1. It's actually just called Unshelved, but when it came out, Gene wanted to call it Unshelved Volume 1. Do you remember this? No, I don't. It was important to you that it say Volume 1. And so the first printing, but just the first printing, says Volume 1 on it. Oh. My cat disagrees with you. And then I, I got sick. Yeah, I got rid of that, and uh, it just became, volume one of Unshelved just became Unshelved. Uh, so, at the top of the page, I'm looking for romance. And, and you know what, this is, this is a nice turn, because, uh, because there's a, a cliche here of women, women wanting rented movies and fudge. And we didn't say Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but I think between the lines. That's between the lines. But then we do a turn, and the woman wasn't looking for that at all. You think, you think fudge implies Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Look how, look how counter-stereotypical uh, we were even then. We were social justice warriors. We're, I like how two-dimensional the patron's face is. Oh, it's completely two-dimensional. It's like an Egyptian uh, wall painting. What, what's happened to her eye in that third panel? Uh, she's uh, it's sort of half-lidded. Is that it? Now she's kind of glaring at Colleen because Colleen is pulling out all the, the uh, stereotypical tropes of lonely Pulling out the stops. What's funny is I have that shirt. I own that shirt the patron's wearing. You really do. The sine wave shirt. I do. Yeah. All right. Uh, and this is this is the first of I believe this is the first sort of identity theft thing which we come back to again and again and again of patrons well people I guess but patrons being kind of dumb about their personal information on the internet look we're trying really hard to be relevant <laughs> we, were. we were we were so relevant we were this was really this was cutting edge back in 2002 well it was actually I mean this was kind of new like, oh my god my my, well, my my cat is eating the picture book I have sitting here on my table he just suddenly started chewing at it what are you doing what's wrong with you. You'd be a bad life. I, I can see your review now. It's delicious. I could eat it up. Get down. Just to, just to be clear, it's it's uh, Can You Make a Scary Face by Jan Thomas. And the cat the cat is just chewing away on the corner. Bastard. Is it making a scary face? He's freaking me out. All right. Uh, so notice in the in the second in the last panel of the second strip, Merv has his hands kind of on the panel. Oh look at that. You broke the fourth wall, Bill. A little bit, and I've done it since. But you know, what made me actually notice it is that I, I was wondering why is the right why is the right edge of the strip slightly in from the other two strips? Because I've been I've been working on ebook code for the last week, and I'm, I'm really uh, attuned to these things. And that's because I had to make room for his fingers. Oh, that's hilarious. Otherwise, it would have been chopped off. He looks he looks kind of like a sloth. Does he have three fingers? Merv is part sloth. He do. All of our characters have three fingers and a thumb. That's a, for those of you who don't know, that is a common thing in cartooning because cartoonists, we don't have a lot of time. Who can, who has the time to draw all four fingers? It's the, it's the anti-pinky union. We have busy, busy days ahead of us. The pinky looks so slight. I like the, I, I'm, I'm a member of the oven mitt union. That's all I draw is oven mitts. Everybody's wearing oven mitts in my world. <laughs> they are kind of other mitts. In my other comic strip, not invented here, the, the first artist did three finger hands, but when uh, we switched over to Jeff Gale, uh, we switched to four finger hands. So our characters not only changed their looks, but they actually grew uh, an appendage. I didn't, I didn't tell you when I when I did that uh, little workshop for uh, the teenagers last week. So I, I, I explained to them I have to draw once a year on your birthday. 
and they, yeah. to- they they totally demanded to see it instantly, and I was like, no, I, I really can't draw. It. <laughs> I protested. The more they the more they demanded to see it. <laughs> did they did they understand you have to spend a solid month? Like fretting and stressing about it before you can draw. I explained all of that, and then, and and then I showed them the one I did this year, which I think is the best one, right? And they were like, "Oh, that's not too bad." And I was, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's not too bad." But I'm not, I'm not going to show you the worst ones because I really <laughs> like you, you can't see them. Well, you got a nice you got a nice little chibi style this year. Yeah, well, the, the low point was when I uh, took a picture of some raw chicken and. Uh, put it in the background of that book book club I did. That totally didn't work out. I knew it. I just, uh, that, that was me just giving up. I was like, ah, I just don't care. I just don't care anymore. It's not getting any better than this. You know, I did not, I, I did not know. You're talking about, you're talking about, um, uh, the merchants of Venus, the Frederick Pohl classic novel, which at some point actually has a character escaping out of a, a large, well, extremely large chicken. Is that why that, that picture was of chicken? I couldn't remember why I'd even taken a picture. Yeah. Of chicken. Yeah. Because there's this genetically engineered chicken and, and, and he, he is sent to kind of, work in the mines. And in this case, the mines is this like hilariously overgrown, genetically mutated piece of chicken meat that people just walk around in machetes and slice, you know, that, that looks like a good piece there. And they slice it off and that eventually becomes somebody's meal. Oh, just this giant, just this giant inside picture of a chicken. It's all pixelated. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was, what was great about that is no one had any idea what it was, including me. Yeah. 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 It's just like, Oh man, what, what was going on with him today? We'll get to that in a future uh, podcast if we ever get past this page. About seven, about seven years from now. I'll just go to the next page. I got nothing to say about Matt checking out a book. Okay. First bathroom joke, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. I have nothing to say about any of this. Oh, Merv's trying to take another computer. He is. He is. Hey, remember when, remember when computer monitors were big and, like, not two-dimensional? No. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, apparently. I, I think the bottom was the, the bottom strip is my life. It's every librarian's life, right there. It is everybody's life. Look at that. Uh, all right, next page. What's that? The guy, the, the guy says he has he has such a weirdly realistic neck on the bottom. <laughs> Some people just don't have chins, man. They just look weird. Yeah. Don't judge them. It's just, it's just strange. All right. All right, next page. I actually like this one. Let's go. That's a good place to take a girl on a first date. This is this is yours. That's why you like it. Oh. Well, there you go. Uh, years ago, in 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 uh, my advanced math, my honors math class at Carnegie Mellon University, my friend Matt and I sat in the back, and our teacher always started off the class always. It was his little tick uh, by saying any questions. If you had accumulated questions about math in the you know between the last class and now, now is the time to do it. Um, but Matt always wanted to raise his hand and say, "Where, where do you take a girl on the first date?" So he never did. Use that line. He never no, he did. never did. That's the difference between Matt and me. It's the only difference, though. It was is it Matt, Matt? Matt would never ask that. I would totally would ask that, but it was his joke, and I didn't want to make it. Oh, you should have totally made your friend joke. Come on. Yeah. So in the next in the next two panels, large print kills. Well, large print lazes, I guess. Burns. It burns. burns. No, it doesn't burns. laze. It burns. Isn't it lazy? Magnifies. No, lazing is when you make when, when all the light becomes coherent. Everything's on the exact same wavelength, all lined up. Wow, look at you. Wow. Somebody's been visiting science museums nationwide. What's funny about this one is not another magnifying glass incident. Like that's that that really makes it work for me. Like it's not just that this happened, it's that it's it's like, you know, we got little check marks on the wall, little hash marks. Magnifying glasses are not not allowed to enter the restroom. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Next. All right, so the next one oh, hey. the next one we use in one of our talks we use in um funny thing happened the way the library as as introducing the concept of homeless people in the library except this wasn't supposed to be a homeless person 
I remember, I remember my plans for the squirrel were so immense. The squirrel was going to be loose yeah. in the library. It wasn't going to be a library like, squirrel. It wasn't going to be a library cat. It was going to be a squirrel. It yeah. just never, never really happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think this, I think the second strip, uh, is actually pretty successful in Dewey running around chasing after the squirrel. That's pretty effective. Although I, I, I realize now the problem is that Dewey doesn't have color, which makes it really good for a background, but, um, the squirrel does. And so it sort of pushes the squirrel to the foreground. Nonetheless, I like it. I think what's funny about looking at some of these is there's a lot more like physical jokes here than we make now, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't make any physical yeah. jokes now. And like, like. But when I do, I really ace them. <laughs> I mean, right? you know, in a way it's, it's, um, it's sad because when I think, oh, this is a good chance for a physical joke, I'm really a much better artist than I used to be. Like now I'm just sort of laughing at my depictions of Dewey back there. But I think there was this way in which I always tried to do stuff like that. Like I tried to make every panel funny, uh, in a way that I probably don't do now because I'm, Old and lazy. I'm admiring the uh, the old school cross hatching on the uh, the third strip there. Yeah. On, on Dewey's t-shirt. Look at that. Yeah, I, I I still do that from time to time to indicate dirt and or injury. It's like you've been reading underground comics. It's like reading the Rick Geary. It's like it's. Like, I, I'm actually really good at cross hatching. I, I used to I used to specialize in my cross hatching. Cross hatching. All right. Next page. Oh, okay, so now, now I actually remember this sequence. So here's the thing about how well-drawn all this is, what's fascinating about it. This was, um, this was me getting ready for, like, my first trip away, and I don't know what it was, but I was going somewhere, and I needed, like, a week's worth of strips because I distinctly remember, like, coloring and drawing each of the books in these three strips, like, tediously and long-windedly, thinking I'd pick the worst possible strips to draw before I had to brush out a bunch of strips. But I, nonetheless, I did it. I did not phone it in. Nice. Did you ever build a book fort? I thought you were going to tell me you built a book fort and took pictures of it for models, but no. Well, now I'm going to tell you that. Okay. Oh, it's Fort Mallville. Now I see. All right. It's funny. It's funny how when it collapses, there's suddenly like five times as many books. I like it. It is funny. That's just that's just how it works. And, and this is this is the old this is the old pre-redesigned library where there's no uh, bookshelves where you don't need them. Right. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of work to draw bookshelves. The really sad thing about the bookshelves is when I was drawing in black and white, I had gotten bookshelves. I had, drawn, I had gotten drawing bookshelves by hand down to a fine art, where it's just a small series of lines, but it, it totally scans as a bookshelf. You don't even think about it. Um, but that did not translate over into the world of color. And so one of the things that happened when I switched to color is it became it actually became too onerous to draw individually draw uh, bookshelves by hand. And so I, I switched to a kind of pre-drawn bookshelf, which I insert in. Um, but I, I liked the way I drew them by hand. It's one of the few downsides of going to color. I'll, 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 I'll point out the evolution of the bookshelves as we go through these. What happened to the recliner that uh, that Ned is enjoying? Ned still recl- that that recliner is still part of the strip. It's still there. Yeah, it's largely Ned's, but once in a while you'll see someone in. Nobody else will sit in it because the naked guy sits in it all the time. Dewey sits in it. He's he's uh, about that. He puts down one of those little seat covers you get in. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, on toilets. Yes, be right next to it. <laughs> That's what you need all over the library. Same A little dispenser. Just pioneer that. Just like, yeah, like seat dispenser. I've seen some libraries uh, that, have, that have computer wipes. See, yeah, I knew that, I knew these podcasts would be good in terms of writing new scripts. We just we need we need we need, we need library wipes, right? <laughs> for, for sanitation in libraries. Uh, well, then they could be sponsored. Like each of them could have a book on it. They could be sponsored by publishers, and that's how, how libraries pay for it. They don't have to pay for it. Oh man, free. This is our new business. I'm closing down the comic strip. I've just had a killer business. What, what, what book? What book would you want to sponsor the wipes with? I mean, like your opponents, your your your, your competitors' books. <laughs>
I, I told you, I, I told you about that thing where I went to the, I went to a job fair last week, like, uh, over at the iSchool. Some friends of mine were uh, manning a table and, um, I went over there. All these, all these, these, I'll say kids, but they were all lined up, uh, 12 deep at the tech table and just ignoring the public libraries. And, uh, my friends were at the, uh, WLA table and they had these, uh, screen cleaners, those little, like, micro fiber screen cleaners. And they had the WLA logo and, like, some kind of Pacific Northwest picture, the Washington Library Association logo and some Pacific Northwest picture. And this guy came up and he picked one up and he looked at me. on top of the Space Needle. Something, whatever. He looks at me. He looks at me and goes, he goes, is this to clean my screen? And I said, no, man, that's to blow your nose. <laughs> and he, he looked at me, really? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a Kleenex. You can go ahead and take one if you want. And he picked it up. And, and, and my friend Kate goes, no, 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 he's just kidding. And, or, no, or Darcy. I know, but you're the IQ Darcy. test, right? They can't, hi- oh they can't hire anybody who believes you. Well, he was so – I realized the guy was so in like job interview mode kind of like that he didn't want to contradict anything I was saying, didn't want to call bullshit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. That's, this, is the best, this is the best tissue I've ever seen. I felt terrible. <laughs> Although I have to say the best jobs I've ever had are the ones where I get into, into a, a pretty harsh argument with whoever's interviewing me. Because, because if they can appreciate that, then we're good. Yeah, that's probably true. So the top of the next page is our Merv Griffin joke, uh, which uh, I think even at the time, like who who remembered Merv Griffin? Uh, but it's also our Dewey joke, right? And I remember we did this, and we got an email from somebody who said, "Oh, I've been waiting for you to make that joke." Merv Griffin. Someone had someone had been waiting to relate <sighs> Merv's name to Merv Griffin. That someone had been waiting for that, and we made their day when we did the strip. Didn't even know it. I hate I hate the middle strip so much. I hate it. Do you hate it? I do hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. I remember the argument about it. I remember, I remember just giving in to you and letting you yeah, do yeah. it. And I, I hate it. I just hate it. Every time I see this strip, I hate it. <laughs> I just, I hate that line in the third panel. You know, all I remember is that I won and I still feel good about that. <laughs> Gonna get a good night's sleep tonight. There you go. Do you know that when, uh, do you know that when men win at games or sports, their sperm count goes up? <laughs> So, so this trip was the night we conceived my son. Tell Sarah I apologize. <laughs> it's not. I think he was probably two when we did this trip, but still, it's a good story. I'm sticking with it. What if your count didn't go up at the size? What if the size of your sperm went up when you won a game? Nothing. Your sperm. I'm, not, I'm actually not going to go where I was going to go with that. <laughs> what if you? What if you just had a blood? Uh, I was going to say your sperm actually makes sperm and now contains sperm. Nice. Nice. Kind of like homunculuses, except sort of sperm within sperm. What is that Woody Allen movie where they're all, they're like uh, the sperm are all the, uh, they're like the paratroopers and they're all getting That's everything you ever want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. Oh my God. I remember being so puzzled by that the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I just laughed. But I think the first time I was probably like seven, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I think there actually was a nonfiction book called Everything You Were Afraid, Everything You Always Want to Know About Sex, We're Afraid to Ask. And he actually optioned it and turned it into a movie. Oh, really? Oh my God. Brilliant. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. I hope I don't bounce off a of prophylactic or whatever you said. All right. So we, we, we continued with the blind jokes for a while. We did. And I thought we did. I actually think it was one of those things I think we did pretty well. Like, you got to be careful. You can't just kind of do blind jokes and empty pamsy. We never got an email anyway. So maybe we'll get it now. Well, we've got email complaining at them about the most banal things. So if we didn't get emails about this, we must have been on the side of not offending anybody. Side of righteousness. Side of righteousness. Oh, and, and now, now the next page is about intellectual property. Page uh, 46. She's concerned about copyright violations, and he has to take all of his, all the MP3s off all the computers in the library, all the pirated MP3s. I was thinking about this because because no, no, I, I, I just I, I just used to remember like how 
like libraries, libraries still do this. They kind of they kind of half support piracy and half not don't support piracy. But every time every time you bring it up, I'd bring it up in meetings. That, because because they're basically like they, they basically have these, these CD ripping stations at the library, right? And like it's just very far fetched to think. Well, so I think I think the entire the entire CD section is a CD ripping station. I mean, it's take these out, bring them home, rip them, bring them back. Yeah, but they have people in the library. I mean, the, the the library computers at the point where they started like enabling library computers to rip CDs to uh, you know a drive or to oh. some external media. Like it was like, well, they didn't really. You, you couldn't really say, well, you know, well, we want people to be able to come and rip their own CDs at home. And I was like, well, that's a violation too, right? That, that, that's that's a violation of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act. So, you know, why are we why are we allowing this? Oh well, we just don't want to talk about it. You know, <laughs> and I was kind of like, well, should we like, 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 where does, where does it come down? If somebody asks me, can you help me find a site where I can pirate like this new movie in the theater? Like, am I supposed to say yes? Like, you know, and they were like, no. And I said, well, that's funny. Cause we have information on growing marijuana, which was uh, illegal at the time. Isn't now in Washington. And, uh, and everybody would come up, come out against that too. And I just thought it was so funny. You know, nobody, nobody really wanted to talk about any of this stuff or where the library stood on it. So. But we just we just kind of provided services, somewhat blindly, I guess, or not so blindly. I don't know. Colleen has fifty-seven covers of Daydream Believer. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. Oh, yeah. oh, you know why that is? So there's this there's this guy in the, near the library where I used to work. He was uh, he had been on national TV. Uh, he stood at intersections and just danced in his giant yellow raincoat. Okay. Uh, his name is Kenny. And, uh, he was the dancing guy and like the police would get called all the time. Like there's a guy out there dancing. They'd be like, yeah, that's just Kenny. He just likes to dance. He just likes to make people happy. He would just stand there and wave at people <laughs> and, uh, to daydream believer. Well, so, so that is the song he listened to. He wanted, he wanted to be in the Guinness book of world's records for having listened to the same song over and over again for the longest amount of time. But he very quietly confided in me one day. He leaned in very close and, uh, Kenny, Kenny was wearing a raincoat all the time, even when it was 80, 90 degrees outside. So not, you know, the sweet guy. Was he wearing anything else or just a raincoat? Uh, yeah, he, he, he dressed otherwise pretty, pretty normally, but this, this raincoat, he had a big beard, young guy. And he, he said that his CD player had actually broken and he was trying to get another one before anybody knew it. But so I don't think he ever made the, the Guinness book of world records, but, uh, He's not going to now. You outed him. Well, what was what was so great is like remember like this was all before. This is like you know probably two thousand one, two thousand two, and when uh, when people started standing on corners with signs like dancing with like signs pointing to businesses and talking about like pizza for sale or mattress sale, like this guy was made for that job, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? He suddenly was employed doing the thing that he loved. Like he just is waited. that a new phenomenon? Well, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't that big. Like like ten, twelve years ago. At least not up here. I think it started in L.A. maybe because that's where I saw it first. But, you know, th then businesses, local businesses near the library started hiring him to, to hold their sign while he danced out there. <laughs> and he would just wave, just loved it. And suddenly he was making a living. It was bizarre, you know. <laughs> like I, I, every time I see somebody, I'm like, that guy does not have the passion for that job that Kenny had, you know. That's my daydream day believer story. <clears throat> all right. Next page, Dewey has cleared off all the computers. It still continues. That's that's the sad thing. It does continue. Another another Mel policy that is you know misguided and and ultimately ineffective. So in the first strip, what is that? What is that wall? The woman is standing behind. What is that? So that's first of all, please enjoy the hash marking. Please enjoy the cross section. Uh, that is like the counter. That's the that's the information desk. Like it's way too high right now. Looking at it, but they're they're standing on one side of a bookshelf or a counter, and she's on the other side of it. Hmm. 
And now if I were doing that, I would make it lower, but I'd also put a computer there so you know what it's a rattan, It's a rattan information desk. It is. So, it is. It's, it's been woven. It was woven in Bali and then imported yeah. to Malville. Okay. Yeah. At great expense by the library. <laughs> nice. Uh, so the next, I think the next trip is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Yeah. Question I was always asking myself. If that's true, why aren't I making more money? <laughs> making more money. Oh, uh, it's funny because it's heartbreaking. Next, next page. Oh, the sneeze uh, face. Kid sneezing, the kid effect, the sneeze effect. Yeah. Another one of those things that had to be reconstructed because we lost all the original scans. So it doesn't look, it doesn't look the same here like it did in the original. Is that, is that Merv sneezing on it? I think I made it look a little, uh, it's a proto Merv. No, it's just some random guy. But you're right, there are some merv has qualities. But you can see his eyes, it's not Merv. Unless when Merv sneezes, his, like, his hair flips up and you can see his eyes. It's like the mucus cannon. <sighs> yeah. I mean, is this, is this, like, do, do we, we, we have this interesting divide between Dewey and um, Tamara. Tamara's kind of a clean freak, but Dewey is actually more scared of germs because he doesn't want to get sick. I think this was you. Probably me. I think somebody sneezed on me. Yeah. I think, I think the, the next trip is good, although it would have been a better uh, first trip because it, we sort of telegraphed the joke in the previous one. Yeah. But still, it's a good reveal. It's not bad. I always had this idea, and we didn't use it, and now we regret it, because I totally forgot about it at the time, that we would have a strip that had somebody, somebody asking for questions about um, like childbirth and home birth, and tomorrow or whoever would be answering the question, and she'd be like, well, I can, you know, I can find you a good book on this, or get you some resources, and then you'd cut, and it would be like Dewey in the foreground, and his wife would be giving birth in the background, and he'd be like, it's actually a, a bit of a hurry. And now we regret not doing it. Oh, well. We can have a flashback. Well, you know, they can also have another child. I think there'd be nothing I'd be more qualified to draw than the birth of a child. So I think <laughs> next year for your birthday, okay. that'll be... The key is to scan a chicken and just use that. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to scan an actual childbirth. <laughs> it'll be like, it's okay. totally realistic, like baby being born. You know, everything else would be like, like, what is that? I don't understand. And look, and we brought it around. Check, check this out. I'm pretty sure this was me because I don't think you're up to this kind of narrative complexity. <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> You don't, you, don't, you don't want to talk about me drawing birth pictures anymore? I don't understand. <laughs> so in the last one, in the last one, uh, Dewey's talking about drawing a will. I like how you just, you, just, you just steer it away. You just steer it away from my worst impulses. Wait, let's keep talking about it. can be that. such whiners. And then she says, and they still get paid more than we do. But up, bum. Like, we brought it home. You thought that thing was a non sequitur four days prior, but it wasn't. It was totally. We were, we were throwing a ball in the air. We caught it. All right, next page. Oh, here we are. Yay. Here we are. All right, so our first great arc, our first epic arc, and one that would have long-ranging implications for this trip, the, the arrival of, of Buddy the Book Beaver. It's kind of weird that you drew Buddy as, as Buddy first instead of as the beaver, right? And then, because like, he was actually a beaver. In retrospect, in retrospect I agree that, um, that whatever's on here should have differed more from my eventual drawing of Buddy. Yeah. But, the, but the thing was, like, I, I just drew these in order. So this was just like, this was my conception of the, of the, um, the mascot. I think almost before we'd written it all, I didn't quite know what was going to happen. I didn't know we were going to have another. It's just sort of, yeah, I, I, I regret that now. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and redraw this. Are you? Okay. Right now. I think this was me. Was this me? Uh, it doesn't look like you. It doesn't look, look as a little like you. No, I mean, did you ask if you wrote it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I'm pretty sure the whole body of the book of your sequence was, was in large part you. All right, next page. So, yeah, okay. I like this, I like this uh, next page, the... Um, the various, uh, the, the committee to decide on the mascots. Book Bo Peep, the Book Bushman is pro-diversity. Book Bushman. Books the, oh, Book Bushman. Books the bat reads upside down. 
book Bushman like like demands to be done at some point. <laughs> There was this there was this whole series of uh, movies called the Bushman movies. They're like these Chinese movies about this African guy, like just wandering around big cities. So strange, so kind of stupid. You ever see those? No, never yeah. heard of that. I think you're, I think you're having a fever dream. No, no, no. They were they were big when I was living in Korea, like in the nineties. Like like I, I just I, I don't know how they would come off now. This, this guy this guy this African tribesman guy became so famous in Asia. It was just bizarre. Anyway. Uh, so this was, this was my introduction to summer reading programs. Like, I'm not even sure I knew they existed. I certainly don't really remember them from my childhood. I was so on the outside of libraries. And now, of course, I realize this is a big deal. But we didn't have, you know, our, our, we, had, we had a son who was like a year old. So it was way too early to be aware of it in our own library. And so it's kind of fun to make fun of it. And, and I had no idea if we were hitting it on the nail until we started getting emails from people saying that we were. But that, that middle one is like, that's me, right? Uh, aren't you a little overprepared? Who will want to see this fictional rodent? And then, you know, they're breaking down the doors. Yeah, we had some moments like this where, where Dewey is kind of like the new librarian, where he's he's kind of not, but he, we're kind of played him like he was the new librarian. Yeah, a little bit of the, what's it called, the reader surrogate? Yeah. 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 Like, it, it's, like, it, it, it's, like, it, it's like the new cop in the cop movies, right? The rookie. <laughs> That's right. They're like, we can treat everyone with, with we don't have to be rough. We don't have to, and by the end of it, they're, you know, they're smashing some guy's face in. You know, That's right. Then he gets it. He gets it. Gets his gets his, his uh, cynicism. Nice crowd scene there. I gotta say, behind the uh, behind the tape line. That's a pretty good crowd scene. I kind of wish I'd, I'd drawn them, you know, breaking down the door. But that was actual backgrounds. The fact that there was any background here at all is impressive for me. And look in the foreground, we have a, a microwave and a clock radio. <laughs> so that establishes that we are in the uh, staff room. Why why is there a clock radio in the staff room? Uh, we need to have a radio going. That's why. All right. And the microwave establishes that it's not just a clock radio. <laughs> well, there's lots of appliances. It's okay. There's a KitchenAid, too. So it's cool. It's cool. The fact that there's a clock radio doesn't jar as much because there's other appliances as well. Uh, on the next page, is that is, is Alex uh, Matt's son's name? Yes, that is Matt's son. Uh, did you draw Matt's son? Uh, yes. He looks like Matt. Okay. He does, yeah. Still does. <laughs> I still, I still. He doesn't look like that. He still, he just looks like his father. So. I still love the reveal of, of Buddy the Book Beaver. Yeah, a mostly live beaver, somewhat live beaver. Do we ever say that he's actually alive? He it is, says he's alive. Yeah, alive beaver. Next page. And they shipped a beaver in a like a, in a straw, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a wooden crate filled with straw. That's that's how you ship beavers. Just so you know. I think that's how they arrive. Yeah, because styrofoam would be yeah. wrong. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure I wrote the next trip. I don't think you would have written, well, Buddy the Book Beaver is barely breathing and might be buried before it begins. That is probably you. Oh, and there's, there's the reveal of the greatest slogan of all. Read damn it, D.A.M. Yeah. I never did make this. You have to agree with that, yeah. But we finally got to, we finally got to use it on the t-shirt we made. So we made a t-shirt years later, like we, we wanted to at this time, but this was before we were making t-shirts. Before we had books or anything. Before books had been invented, I think. But years later, like... Like three years ago, they hadn't been invented yet. Three years ago, we decided it was finally time to make the Buddy the Book Beaver summer reading shirt, like a little bit of fan service. And so we did, and it was, it was the worst, like it was all in Comic Sans and was filled with advertisers on the back, its sponsors, including Ned Law, which I established as the name of Ned's law, law firm. And, you know, we sold some of them. <laughs> Fifteen. We still have a few. Yeah. But there was an error when they printed it, and so we ended up getting super cheap. And so even though we didn't like sell all of them, we still, yeah. we still made money. And the people who have them love them. So there you go. I have one. I love it. I, I, I love it, too. 
I mean, it's it's a terrible shirt. That's the thing about it. it like, it's it's the only time we've ever made a uh, intentionally made a terrible shirt. We've made a lot of terrible. Exactly. Shirts. I was, was going to say it's terrible on purpose. Right? <laughs> it's it's a summer reading shirt. Come on, it's got to be terrible. Yeah. And look, and Dewey makes Dewey makes the same joke in the in the second in the uh, last strip. Beavers belong in the backwoods. Bye bye, buddy. But the next strip is uh, which which oh, oh the very bottom one. I'm looking at the middle one with the Mira Servino reference. Come on. Yeah. Mira Servino. So my personal, my sort of sad take on this one is that um, we made several Mira Sorvino jokes. And then when we were getting ready to do the first book, I had this crazy idea. What if we could get Mira Sorvino to write the introduction? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And I'm like, what is there someone I know? And like, I actually, my dad has an old friend from, from school who's a director in Hollywood. And I'm like, maybe he knows Mira Sorvino. And so I asked my dad, I'm like, hey, would you be, I know this is crazy, but would you be willing to ask your friend if by any chance he just happens to know Mira Sorvino? And I, and I sent him the strips. And my dad found the strips offensive and would not send <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I, so, so, I, so, so I I had always wondered what happened to her, right? Like, I, I mean, I really thought she was a great actress and, like, uh-huh. was, was a really good presence. And I thought she hadn't made a movie or anything for a long time. No, she's just made a variety of really bad movies. Oh, my God. Well, I, I was watching... And, t- and TV shows. She was on some t- She was on some very short-lived bad TV show. With well, she's been on more than one, man. And, and right, Plaras or something. Well, right now, right now she's on a TV show called Falling Skies, which is a TBS uh, science fiction show where aliens have taken over the Earth. And Noah Wiley from uh, ER is a freedom fighter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... and uh, I have actually just finally stopped watching it. Typecasting. It finally, it, it finally, well, he's always quoting like George Washington. He's a historian. It's like, it's uh-huh. so, it's so egregious. I mean, like he's not, he's not bad in it, but, uh, the, 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 the actors who play his kids are just, it, it's unwatchable. And, uh, so, you know, when, when, when here's my, here's my new thing for science fiction TV shows. When a character goes into a cocoon, I'm just not watching it anymore. <laughs> that happened. So the end, but, and then I, I, but then like BB was watching it, my daughter and, uh, Suddenly, uh, I saw an actress, and I was like, that can't be Mira Sorvino. And I looked her up in the credits, and it was Mira Sorvino in, in this shitty, like, TBS. No, she just hasn't, she hasn't aged as well as you have. Oh, no, no, she's beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. Okay. But, but I, just, I just can't believe that she's, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, you gotta, you got to take what you can get, whatever it is. Maybe she, maybe she knows somebody, they called her, she called in a favor, but, uh, man, she should, she should be making movies. Maybe, maybe when they're pitching the show, they're like, this is going to be the next Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, I get that it isn't, but I, I wonder if she thought that. Well, like, like, like there are actors they always bring in like late in the in the series to kind of bolster things up, and and one of them is Michael right. Michael Ironside. You know who he is? Uh-huh. Oh, of course, I know who he is. Yeah, they brought him into ER too, right? I keep waiting for him to appear in the show, yeah. <laughs> but instead it was Mira Sorvino, and I realized maybe she's the new Michael Ironside. I don't know. Michael Ironside from Starship Troopers. Is it Ironside or Ironsides? Do you know? Uh, it's either one. Either one. You can whatever right? you like. He's he's cool with it. Ironside. He's a relief. He's an easygoing guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that guy too because because he he was in one of the Highlander films. So that's all I need to know. Right. Right. The second one, the, the really um, crappy one. So you know how some couples have this um, have this list of like celebrities that if you ever have a chance to have sex with that celebrity, you can no questions asked. You've heard of this concept? What, what is that called though? What, what is that called? Uh, I can't remember right now. I, I just got to keep. Yeah, it. yeah, but yeah, I've heard of that. So we have something very similar in my marriage. I have a list of celebrities I would like to have sex. With. That's it. <laughs> That's all you're saying. <laughs> that was my joke. I have a list of celebrities I'd like to be turned down for sex by. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, I take that too. <laughs> I just want to be rejected by these five people. Before I'm just saying that'd be better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
I have a list of five high school janitors who I'd like to... Oh, so here we establish that Ned, in addition to being a civil rights... Well, I don't think we know he's a lawyer. Did you go to the next page? Are you on the next page right now? I, I probably. The Red Liberation Front. Oh, okay. That's, there that is the next page. Sorry, you, you skipped ahead. Okay. Yeah. Ned has, Ned has uh, uh, given, given the beaver a bunch of sticks to build a dam in his bathtub. Nice. Yep. As Ned would. As, as Ned would. Would, get it? Next page. Beavers just want to be free. We're getting to the meat of it. Okay, here's the saddest thing. Here's the here's the introduction and I believe sole appearance of Naki, the janitor. <laughs> no, no, we brought it back later. We had plans for him. No, I don't think we did, but we had plans for him. He's somewhere with a squirrel. He's. It means I believe it means clean in Arabic. Oh, something like that. And he was going to be. He was part of my diversity program. Plus, he was going to be a love interest for Tamar because they had a shared interest in cleaning. Oh. Look at the, look at how much time you yeah. took to draw that scrub brush in his hand. It just breaks my heart. It is. It's sad. I think that's it. I mean, t- tell me if I'm wrong. We might see him again, but we didn't just we didn't just introduce this character. We carefully named him, or at least I carefully named him. We see him one time. Uh, I love that so joke sad. about the chess club with the blood. Though. Let's not gloss over that. that that's a fantastic. I joke. I think it's not a good joke. Really? Yeah. I also don't think it's our joke. I mean, I've seen that joke before. It's usually the math club, but sometimes it's the chess club. Maybe we invented it, but I have, a, I have a feeling it's not. Oh, this is a cute Murph moment, the last strip. Murph says, I hear you some dumb beaver, so lame. We thought that was a good idea. And then she says, would you like to pet him? He says, can I? Like, that's, that's Murph's little boy parts coming through, and I really appreciate it. It's a joke I've seen a thousand times, Barnes. A thousand times. I've seen it tropes. a thousand times. Unshelled tropes. Do you know we have our own page on TV tropes? We do. What? What is that? TV tropes is a... It's a it's a, it's a sort of a weirdly specific, almost like an IMDb thing. Mm-hmm. It's just about tropes. You know what tropes are, right? Yeah. So it, it kind of lists all the tropes there are in every, like, you know, media possible. Okay. And then it, and then it, in each, like, for each TV show or each movie, it lists all the tropes that it uses. Mm-hmm. And so we have, you know, somebody, like, somebody made one for us about 10 years ago, and they haven't updated it since. Because, you know, let's face it, we have 4,300 comic strips. But, yeah, I know. I know that there's no new jokes. So I'm good with that. Hold on, I want to TV tropes to see. Oh, I think you lied to me. So I uh, just, yeah, okay. I was going to tell you how to Google it, but you're an actual paid information professional. Um, you know I'm what? Fine. Typing is so loud on the microphone that we don't want to, you, you're going to hurt our listeners' ears. So that we do this <laughs> Seriously. That's what editing is for. Uh-huh. Turn to, to, to lay down the typing. I'll turn down the typing. The typing has its own track. Wow. The first, the, the first trope is bilingual bonus. Technically, Braille is nice. an alphabet, not a language, but same idea. <laughs> okay. So the next, in the next page, what's oh. the problem, Ned? Sure, he's a little long in the tooth. Long in the tooth, get it? And then he sighs because no one ever gets his joke. That's me. Where, where are we? It's me in my whole Did you, life. Let's go to the next page. Well, I told you what page we were on. You're, you're too busy looking up things on the internet loudly. Page 55. Long in the tooth. I, I think that's, that, that's as close as we get to seeing Ned uh, totally naked right there in the third panel. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, what what for except that, except that something's swinging the other direction, he would be totally out of. And that's a hairy guy too. Yeah, but only in the front apparently. In the, in the sides apparently, he just rubs it. He's rubbed out. Well, that's kind of how it is in life. Oh my god! You ever watch The Walking Dead? Uh, not since the first season. So so uh, you know the guy they have playing Glenn? Yeah, I don't know who Glenn is. He's uh, he's Korean American. The guy who the guy who plays. Tom oh yes, I do. So so. Uh, See, race is very helpful because it helps us identify people. So my daughter uh, pulls up 
YouTube video last night of uh, the guy who plays Glenn, Stephen Yu, I think is his name. Maybe I'm wrong. And uh, and Conan. Why don't you look it up loudly on the internet while we? Because I've, I've I've been criticized for that already. And Conan going to a Korean uh, spa. Conan gets scrubbed by this guy within an inch of his life. Like he's actually bleeding at the end of being scrubbed, which is a story my wife and uh, her her siblings tell about going to the but spa with their, with their mom. Not about Conan, no. But just seeing this this crazy Irish guy with like just this beet red skin actually bleeding in the <laughs> in the spa was like it was like the greatest spa moment since uh, Steve Carell got waxed. And uh, the forty-year-old virgin. I think it was. It was just fantastic. Look up that stuff. It's on YouTube. It's, it's very relevant to what we're talking about here. Too. I think you have to just do yourself a favor while you've got an internet connection, Bill. This is what I'm telling you, and everybody else who's listening. You have to find this YouTube clip. It's fantastic. You will never go to a Korean spot in your life. What Gina's referring to is the fact that while I'm on the road for 13 months of my RV, I've had almost no reliable internet connection. If I if I want to have a reliable internet connection, I have to go to Starbucks. You know what that means? No porn, or I at least have to get like the corner seat. And I'm, I'm currently staying for the only time we're not really staying in the trailer the whole trip. Um, a friend of my sister's let us use their apartment in New Orleans so we could kind of be a part of the whole Mardi Gras spectacular. And they have fantastic Wi-Fi. So I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just turning on videos on every computer and just letting them sit there and play. I'm not even watching them. Perfect. Yeah. So here's the introduction of Buddy the Book Beaver. That's him. Uh, second, second strip there he is. He's still Chuck from the Woodchuck Tree Service, as you can see on his shirt in the last strip. Uh, he looks surprisingly like the um, character, but you know he's not wearing glasses. That's how you know he's different. Not doesn't doesn't look like the exactly like the reader mascot in the, in the posters, but surprisingly similar. And then the zipper stuck. That's to, we totally stole that from Michael Jancy, where he's got a, a a character in the Norm who's always in a Chewbacca outfit. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he stole that wholesale. Good that's how we reward our friends by Good stealing them. Yeah, that's that's how you know we like it. Uh, I did a pretty good drawing of the motorcycle on the next page. Did you do that freehand? Let's say yes. I actually did. <laughs> I mean, I had, I, had, I had art reference, but I didn't trace it or anything. All right. And then, uh, and then sort of this rear view is not, it's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. Anyway, it's a nice variety. I love the next, I love the next trip. I'm Buddy, I'm Buddy the Beer Bookie. And that's, and that's sort of, that was our setup, is he's, he's uh, uh, an alcoholic. Oh, and finally, my pearl, I've forgotten that. He's a felon. He's a felon. He's, but he's done everything. Do you have to be a felon? Again? Been, can you be on parole for a misdemeanor? I think I think you can. Let's just assume he's a felon. I mean, oh. for the sake of an argument. Oh. But he did it. He did it for good cause. Whatever it was. I think he was jaywalking, and then he didn't pay the fine. That's what I think. What's it called? Uh, I want to say it's an act of passion or something. When you kill someone in the heat of the moment, you didn't mean to kill them, but you know how it is. You had your butter knife in your hand, and they insulted Highlander, and, and you buttered him. You can't. And and what's, that, what's the phrase? There's a phrase when you sort of got, you get caught up in the moment. You know you, because you said active passion now. I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's wrong. I'm like, active Well, we can't look it up on the internet. It's too loud. The no, too loud. That's right. Yeah, no. Let me, I'm gonna, let me read another trope from the trope page. Brown note. Dewey develops book talks that have this effect, making people faint, break out in rashes, speaking Urdu, and so on. What does that mean? <laughs> that's a that's a trope. The brown note trope. <laughs> uh, next page. But he doesn't know what story time is. Chuck, do you have any experience with little ones? And he says he means saplings. That's a pretty funny line. Because he runs a tree pruning service. Is it funny? Look! Wow! Look how far Buddy can spit. I have to say, it's a pretty. We we, we recently reran this this whole sequence as part of our kind of Saturday and Sunday reruns, and it's a pretty solid sequence. Yeah, I like this. Oh no, we reran the library mascot cage match, but this is pretty funny. I, I think this is the moment when you started um, outlining the characters a little bit better. 
It's like right around. I went, here. Took, I, I went and took my one only class on how to draw comics better. Yeah. And um, the guy, I can't remember the Niels, this guy named Niels in Seattle. Um, he, he mostly focused on the difference between kind of foreground, midground, and background, and yeah. the various ways to do that. And I experimented a lot. Oh, yeah, I took his class too. I took that class at the U. I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things was just to have a bit more of a, a heavy outline in the foreground, but also sort of talk about how you layer stuff and how just, just to put something slightly behind someone kind of establishes them as the background. Even if, even if they're not in all the panels, you've kind of put them there. What was that guy's last name? I wonder if he's still doing that. I think he's dropped his, he's dropped his last name. He's just known as Niels. Just Niels. N-I-L-S? Yes. That's my best guess. Uh, and then, and then a little, uh, we, we dropped the, we dropped the bomb there. Dude, I never said I could read. It's funny. It is funny. He's wearing a read t-shirt. Apparently he didn't know it. Irony. Nice. Next. Page 58. Let's see. Oh, more book talks in the, in the second strip. Our proto putting real books in our, and, you know, I have to say, kind of maybe possibly violating their copyright. Probably not. Probably not. By putting them in here. That seems like fair use to me. No jokes. <laughs> no jokes in these book talks. That was one of the problems. It was really hard to to put an actual book by an author in there and have a joke without making fun of the book. So sometimes we just skip the joke entirely. Giving everyone a break for the day. Yeah, you know, it, it can be, it can be, uh, it can really weigh on you, all these jokes, all, this, all the laughing we, we make people do. Yeah. I, I think it's a good place to stop for the day. Uh, okay. Okay. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you next time. So is that, that's the bottom of page... We're at the bottom of page 58 right now. Yes. Okay. So we'll start at 59 next time. I'm, I'm going to even make a note of it this time. Happy, uh, happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. All right. Bye.